Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host, from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. The Kickstarter campaign for Super Show the Comic Issues 3 through 5 is over. As I'm recording this, it is December 11th. It ended at noon Eastern Time today. Here are the final results 165 backers pledged a total of $15,154. This gets the $10,000 funding goal, which unlocks the Fire Flash competitor. This gets the $12,000 funding goal, which unlocks the D2 competitor. And that's, for both of those, that's competitor and finish cards. And $15,000, they unlocked three new promo cards. Let me give you what those promo cards are. At number 10, a lead strike hangover smash. If you have cheap shot in play, Your agility skill is plus one, and this card is a follow-up. At number 11, lead grapple, hammer into the post. If you have charge into the corner in play, your power skill is plus one, and this card is also a follow-up. And at number 12, blind opponent. If you have face rake in play, your technique skill is plus one, and this card is also a follow-up. Those are the three cards that were unlocked by the funding goal for hitting $15,000. Now, within the last 24 hours of the campaign, they made a few add-ons available. So, when you pledged, after you made your pledge, you had the option to go in and add up to five things. You could add the first two issues of the comic book. You could add an El Superambe versus Snake Pit box set. You could add a Steel Cage box set. This was the box set with the Brian Cage competitor set in it. You could add the Tornado Tag Team that was supposed to be the funding reward if we hit the $20,000 funding goal. Of course, that didn't happen. We just got over fifteen, And they had a funding goal for six cards. Three of those were the three cards I gave you. The other three were cards at 22 through 24. Let me give you those really quickly. At 22, a follow-up strike, high strike. Your next turn roll is plus three. If either player rolls strike for their turn roll, their roll is plus one. The grapple, follow-up grapple at number 23, I'll handle this. Your next turn roll is plus three. If either player rolls grapple for their turn roll, their roll is plus one. And then at 24, follow-up submission. I've got this boss. The next turn roll is plus three. If either player rolls submission for their turn roll, their roll is plus one. Those were the add-ons that were added. Now, community goals. When we last spoke, we hadn't hit any of the community goals. And we did not hit the backer goal. 
we had to hit 200 backers. We only had 165. But as far as I know, we hit the other three. We needed 300 comments. We got over 300 comments. That unlocks an alternate art card. We needed 300 social media shares. We have over 300 social media shares. That unlocks an additional promo. We don't know what that additional promo is. And if my math is correct, we had over 200 people tagged on the Facebook post, the same post we were supposed to share. That unlocked a promo card. Again, what those cards are, I don't know. It hasn't been put out there what those cards are. Those were the goals we hit. As far as the top tiers in this particular campaign, last I spoke, nobody had pledged the full-page spotlight. One person ultimately pledged the full-page spotlight. Two people pledged the half-page spotlight. Only seven got a cameo in the books. From what I saw, there were potentially up to 20 cameo spots available. Only seven pledged the cameo tier, and I believe the two half page and the full page also get a spot. So ten people will be in the book. Those ten people who are going to be in the comic will also get an alternate art card featuring the art that features them in the comic. The art they commission, I don't think it has to actually be them personally. It could be a competitor. It could be something else. Reading the uh, updated post, because there is a new post based on the current status of the campaign. They're requesting people who have a cameo spot, you know, respond to Steve's request, pick their spot, and then potentially give them reference material if the competitor or person they want in the book is not somebody that already exists in Super Show the Game. For the people who purchased the half-page or full-page spotlight, this is basically like a biographical page that will be in the comic book, either a full-page or a half-page. You'll need to send a created content form through supershowthegame.com describing sending reference materials, communicating what you want in that spotlight so the artist can draw your competitor or whoever you're putting in that spotlight correctly. Now, this campaign did not get the results of the previous comic campaign. Last year, for the first two issues, there were 227 backers. They pledged $19,524. That's about 75 more backers and about $4,000 more. Why did they not do as well this time as they did last time? It could be the timing. The previous campaign was in September. This campaign was in December, much closer to the holidays. It could be there's just not as much enthusiasm for the comic this time around. I know that there were a lot less competitors last year for the campaign, for the pledging. They had a new El Super Ombre, they had a new Snake Pit, and they had for the first time Rock Newman. All of those were available at pledge tiers. There were no competitors 
available at pledge tiers. They were either funding goals or they were pre-launch goals. The only game elements explicitly in tiers, in pledge tiers, were at the $80 tier, the tosses a pretzel card, a brand new Valiant Spectacle was part of that tier. At the Cameo tier, $200. Half-page Spotlight tier, $500. Full-page Spotlight tier, $900. The Tosses a Pretzel, Valiant Spectacle, and an alternate art throws cornbread from the crowd, Newman Spectacle, were available. And from what I understand, the add-on that contained... The six cards also contains Tosses of Pretzel. I could be wrong on that, but that's part of it too. So you didn't even have to pledge at the $80 and above tier to get Tosses of Pretzel once they put the add-ons in. That very well could be a factor because just comparing Kickstarters, it's very clear there is a lot more enthusiasm for Super Show the game than there is for Super Show the comic. There's also a lot less enthusiasm for spotlights. I believe in the first run, all of the spotlights sold. The full page for each comic, the half pages for each comic. Only one comic's worth of spotlights were pledged for. Clearly this was designed to have one full page and two half pages in each issue. Three issues, three full page spotlights, six half page. Only one comic's worth of spotlight sold. What does that mean going forward? I would argue if Super Show, which it sounds like from listening to Steve Resk on the last episode of Talking Universe, the next comic wave is going to be issues 6 and 7. It sounds like if they want more enthusiasm, I think they're going to have to put more game stuff in the campaign. The campaign almost feels like it should be, and maybe this is the way to go. Almost go game first, and then, oh yeah, you also get these comics. I think that might be a better way to sell it. Because Super Show the comic is kind of in a weird place. I don't know that it appeals to fans of Super Show the game. I don't know that it appeals to comic book fans in general. It's a comic based on the lore of this game, but based on a lot of the decisions I've seen around things like, well, putting kaiju in the game, putting, you know, giant mechs in the game. It's almost like they don't care about lore, so they'll put all kinds of, you know, time warp, weird things in the game, but yet they're trying to sell you a comic based on the lore of the LFF going from an underground wrestling promotion to being a major wrestling promotion that sells out stadiums. And so that's kind of a conflict in this game to where, in certain aspects, they don't care about the lore. You know, if you want to throw, you know, time warp, if you want to have you know, 8-bit characters and chibis and, you know, kaiju and giant robots and things like that. And you're making the decision not to put that Nikuzo 
not to put that in the fantasy and science fiction universe you've created for these rules. You're saying, no, we're putting these elements specifically in Super Show the Game. So we have this kind of break in the lore where it's supposed to be this grounded professional wrestling universe, but then we're going to bring these fantastical elements into it. With the idea that, well, nobody really cares about the lore anyway. But then you're selling a comic that's based on the lore. So where's that disconnect? Either the lore is something people should care about because you want them to buy comics based on the lore, or the lore doesn't matter, in which case, how do you expect the comics to sell? How do you expect people to buy in to what you're positioning? Those are just my thoughts, but that's the Super Show the Comic campaign. It hit $15,000. At one point, it looked like it wouldn't even hit $12,000. It had hit $12,000. Then it dropped. Then it came back up. I think the add-ons helped. That last day, it went from around twelve to 13000 to over fifteen. So there was definitely a nice surge in the last 24 hours to go from hovering around 12 to going over 15. But that's where we are with the comic. From what I've heard, the target date to release the Kickstarter is around June. So maybe people will be picking it up at Origins. We'll see. If I have any additional news about the Kickstarter campaign, I will give that to you. That's where we are right now. The Super Show the Comic Issues 3 through 5 Kickstarter campaign is over. I know I was pushing to get the community goals unlocked for everyone that helped share, helped comment, helped tag. Thank you. I appreciate getting the extra cards with my Kickstarter pledge. Thank you to everyone who helped out with that. That's Kickstarter. Next story. The 2023 Greater Competitor Competition is reaching its first big date. We're skipping the 2022 competition, going straight to 2023. December 16th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, is the deadline to submit your entry for the 2023 Creative Competitor Competition. Here's what you need to do. You're going to write an email. The email will contain your name, the name of the competitor you're creating, a physical description of that competitor, and a background for that competitor. Who they are, what's their history, how did they find out about the Legendary Fighting Federation. You will email that to stuman9 at hotmail.com. S-T-U-M-A-N, the digit 9, at hotmail.com. That's Patrick Mulligan's email address. When you are submitting your description, be as descriptive as possible. Consider sending in photos. The more reference they have, the better. When I submitted JAC last year, I was not happy with the way the artist drew the sketch because that's what they will do. They will take the description you provide. They will make a sketch based on that description. That sketch will be used throughout the campaign. 
That's all the CCC news. Faction Wars 4 news. The play-in matches from Phase 0 are underway. There were 19 teams in Phase 0. The top 13 automatically move on to Phase 1. The bottom 6 are playing off for the remaining 3 spots. They have until December 18th to play their matches. They'll send in the results and the three winners, because it is just simply one team versus the other, the team that wins goes on to the next round. The three winners will join the other 13 in Phase 1 at some point. I'll give you more information on Faction Wars 4 when I have it. And then there really isn't a lot more news from this week. Next weekend, Sunday Night Fights, December 18th, the LFF Tag Team Championship will be on the line. Dangerous Alliance will defend against the team that won a few months ago at Origins Game Fair that won the tag team tournament, Animal Kingdom. That's right, the champions, Ricky Riot and Sean Loeb, will take on the challengers, the Cheetah and the Penguin. Sunday Night Fights usually starts at 8. I don't know if it's the only match that night or if there will be more, but that match is going down. One week from today, December 18th, card subject to change. There's been a little bit more news about the Super Show Go app. They're still trying to get the app approved through Apple's store. And then I don't know if they're going to release it to the Android playtesters and the Apple playtesters once that happens. But that is looking to start soon. And then they're looking to move from alpha to beta, I want to say, around March or April of next year, of 2023. And then finally, before I get into the tournaments and play from this past week, the online things, on last episode of Talk of the Universe, Steve talked a bit about the next game that SRG Universe is putting out. It is Scallywager. It is a pirate-themed game based on the game Liar's Dice. They've demoed it a few times. They're going to be demoing it at Captain Con, perhaps maybe even running an event using Scallywager at Captain Con. But if you're curious about that, check out the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe. And with that, Let's talk about the online tournaments and a couple in-person tournaments that took place over this past week. We'll start off with Monday night consigliere fights. There were 16 players in Monday night's tournament. They started off in group stages. Four groups, four players per group, so each person played the other three members of their group. The top two from each group advance into the top cut. So they cut to a top eight. In that opening round of the top eight, the quarterfinal round, all the matches are sticks, stairs, and chairs matches. In the next round, the semifinal round, they're all TLC matches, tables, ladders, and chains. And then the finals match, and I believe the third place match as well, are played under the main event stipulation. The top four, Monday night, are in fourth place, playing as King Carcosa, Bobby, Motherlovin' Ohio. In third place, 
playing as the rogue Anthony Gangone, Matty Drip Drip himself, Matt Barone. The finalists were Stephen Owen as El Lama and Mascarada Senor, and Chris Pate as Theo the Greek Neo, with the winner, Chris Pate as Theo the Greek Neo. Congratulations to Chris Pate for winning Monday Night Consigliere Fights. The next tournament online for this week is Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Specifically, he's calling this edition the Seasons Beatings TLC Edition. There are only 12 players in this tournament. The opening rounds are group stages, two groups, six players per group. Each person plays the other five players in their group. Top three records per group advance into the top cut. So it's a top cut of six players. In the opening round of the top cut, they use three different stipulations for each of the opening matches. So the six players face off. We have Alec Ventresca as Kenny Omega versus Drew Madsen as Will Ospreay in a tables match. We have John Pulverino versus, I believe, the Harm City hitman Andrew Mecky. I'm not 100% on that. In a ladder match, press 1P as Mark F. and Perry, Andrew as Mr. Ray, the magnificent Mr. Ray. And we have a Beast Unchained match, Chris Pate as Big Bad Bobby D versus Matt Barone as Ruby Renegade. Drew Madsen as Will Ospreay faces and defeated Alec Ventresca in the tables match. John Pulverino won the ladder match, and Chris Pate won the Beast Unchained match. The three of them face off in a tables, ladders, and chains triad match. The winner getting the pinfall against Drew Madsen, the player of the era, John Pulverino. Congratulations to Press 1P for winning Seasons Beatings, TLC edition. Friday night, the SRG BOSS himself, Steve Resk, hosts a pop up tournament. There are 16 players in this tournament. It starts off group stages, four groups, four players per group. Each person in the group plays the other three. Top two records advance into the top cut. This gives us a top cut of eight. So in that opening round of the top cut, the quarterfinal round, all of the matches are played using the steel chain stipulation. In the semifinal round, all of the matches are played using the tables match, and after the first successful breakout, if there is one, the crowd meter jumps to crowd meter two. So it goes from crowd meter zero immediately to crowd meter two. And then I presume that it proceeds normally. The finals match, and there is no third place match here. The finals match is a ladder match that starts at crowd meter two. Our top four are the two semifinalists, 
so tied for fourth. The GOAT, Brock Smith as Joey Janela, and Alec Ventresca as Jay White. The finalists are Brian Waitfort Schmidt, playing as the original version of Brian Cage, and Ken Fouché playing as Foxworthy, with the winner in the latter match, Ken Fouché. Congratulations to Ken Fouché for winning the Friday Night Boss Pop-Up Tournament. That brings us to Saturday night's Veterans, Big Veterans Tournament. This tournament is for a shot at the Veterans Belt. It was not limited to Veterans only. It was open to anybody, but the veteran that went the deepest in the tournament would get a shot. He would be one of the contenders in the inaugural Veterans Championship match. The first contender was determined by the previous tournament. That was Everett Stevens, formerly known as E.V. Fresh. I believe now he is the star maker, Everett Stevens. So let's go through what happened in this tournament. There were 21 players in this Veterans Contender Tournament. Three groups of five. One group of six. Everyone in the group plays the other players. The top two from each group advanced into the top cut. Now, I do not know from the information I have if there were stipulations in the top cut. If they were and I missed them, I apologize. But here are the results. Single elimination, quarterfinal to semifinal to final. There was no third place match, so I will just start off with the two people who made the semifinals but did not go further. So tied for third or fourth place, however you want to reckon it, we have Greg Shockley playing as the man from IT and Candyman Dan playing as the pulverizer. Now, Candyman Dan on the list I'm looking at was written like Candy Ma'am, but instead of an M at the end, it's an N. So this could be Candy Ma'am. I could be wrong here. If I am, I apologize. But those were the semifinalists. Those were the third and fourth place play. The finalists were Chris Pate. As Ricky Riot and Stephen Owen as Romeo 3000. With the winner of the tournament, Chris Pate as Ricky Riot. Congratulations to Chris Pate as Ricky Riot. Now, Chris Pate is not a veteran, so he will not get a shot at the Veterans Championship. I believe the top prize here, and I could be wrong, I'm just going from memory, was a champion of Kickstarter card. So, if that's the case, Chris Pate won a champion of Kickstarter card. That's a great prize. The highest ranking veteran in this event is one of the semifinalists, Greg Shockley. So, Greg Shockley will face Everett Stevens for the Veterans Championship 
in the inaugural match. Date and time to be named later as far as I know. That does it for the online tournaments from this past week. Now, there were a couple of tournaments I saw when I was researching the online tournaments. The first was sent to me. And if you want me to cover a local tournament from you, please reach out to me either through Facebook Messenger or outlawmudcast at gmail.com is the email address for the show. The tournament, in-person tournament that was sent to me was from Misos Games in Louisville, Kentucky. Not a very big tournament, only six players, three rounds of Swiss. The top three players end up being tied essentially at two and one. We have Greg Shockley as the Silver Marvel and Colton Janikowski as Captain CJ Sparrow. They went two and one. Going undefeated in this tournament, playing as the new version of Milamai that just came out, the man who created Milamai, Kirk Polka. Congratulations to Kirk Polka for winning this week's Misos Super Show Tournament. And actually, I thought I was going to have a couple more local results for you. I do not. What I had found turns out to be incomplete, so I have no additional results for you. There were, however, as I was recording this, a couple of Deep South Championship matches. The Deep South Tag Team Championship match and the Deep South Championship match going on in Alpharetta, Georgia at, I believe, the last event hosted at TFD Games, the final dungeon is apparently closing down shortly after this. They hosted a big CAC tournament, and unfortunately, the store will not be continuing, but they're having a last hurrah and featuring two of the championship matches. Let me give you the results of both of those championship matches, starting with the Deep South Tag Team Championship. The Deep South Tag Team Championship match features the champions, the Mop Boys, going up against the challengers, the Transatlantic Express. The Mop Boys are the team of Piglet, playing as the Big Shot here, and Johnny Korea, playing as Snake Pit. Transatlantic Express consists of Practicite, playing here as Mallory the Destroyer, and Hold the Line Harry, playing as Mila Mai, playing as, I believe, Maidens of the Storm. Because I think, and I could be wrong here, for the Deep South Tag Team Championship, the singles competitors you play have to be a tag team on their own. I could be wrong there. If I am, I apologize. This match is a long match. It runs nearly an hour. We see both Mott boys attempting to defend their championship. Each have to bury their hands. Each use their spectacle 
And in the end, at crowd meter three, the winners and new champions are Transatlantic Express. Congratulations to Transatlantic Express. It was a long, grueling match, but they end up pulling it out in the end. The Mott Boys fought as hard as they could. It was a impressive attempt at a defense, but the Transatlantic Express are the new Deep South Tag Team Champions. Afterwards, we have the Deep South Championship, the singles belt. College boy, Adam Britt, the champion. The challenger, Joel Williams. Adam Britt playing as Big Bad Bobby D. Joel Williams playing as his own creation, Everyone's Enemy. This is a much shorter match. It only goes to crowd meter zero, not crowd meter three like the previous one. It is very lopsided. Joel Williams wins, I think, all but one turn, and even the turn that Adam Britt wins. Joel Williams stops the card. Joel Williams hits the finish. It's an eight, and unfortunately, Adam Britt cannot break out. And so the new Deep South champion, everyone's enemy, Joel Williams. Two new Deep South champions crowned in the final event at the final Dungeon Games. And with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.